Hallelujah. So let's get down to, to the words. Hallelujah. Are you blessed to be here? This is a word, I believe, in season for you. Last Sunday, I told you about the keys. I told you that when you have a door, if you don't have a key and the door is locked, you can't enter. And I told you that Jesus said to Peter, I give you the keys. Not I give you the key, the keys. So it's a bunch of keys that have been given. But what, open, what, what opens what, that's the problem. Hallelujah. You know, in the property here, we have many doors. And, and sometimes I hold the keys and it's a lot of keys. I bet if we give you those keys and we say, open the front door, you will struggle. Because you don't know which one opens what. Now, in the time in which we are, we need to have a, the, the understanding of the keys. What opens what. Now, last, yes, last Sunday, I didn't preach on mercy. I just touched on mercy. So one day I will preach on mercy. Today I'm going to give you the key of favor. Hallelujah. The key of favor. Now, I've said, I've preached on favor before, but this is different. Hallelujah. You see, the spirit is amazing that you can preach on the same thing but saying different things. I come from another angle. Hallelujah. So what is favor? What is favor? In the world, in the dictionary, and it's not all the definition of dictionaries I'm going to give. I'm going to just choose one. The dictionary says that favor is defined as to show approval or preference for someone or something. It's to show approval or preferences for someone or something. Hallelujah. And that's that not a lie. That, that, is, that is not too far from the truth because also in favor of God there is approval. Now, you need to understand that favor is not something that you just claim, I have favor. Because you can say you have favor and you don't have favor. Hallelujah. I want to show you this morning that, that favor is something that we win. Favor is something we found. Bible says you have found favor. It means favor is a mystery. Hallelujah. Now, what is favor? Favor in the kingdom, I want to define it in the kingdom so that you can understand. Favor is a system of advantage. It's a system of advantage that allows one to access things and get things done. In a lifetime. Hallelujah. I say favor is a system of advantage that allows one to access things or get things done in a lifetime. Now, life is so short that if you have to do everything on your own power, you will not achieve everything God wants you to achieve. Have you realized that? That people are dying and still have dreams. I, 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 I know somebody that Two days before his death, he was still telling people what he wanted to do. Yes. He was telling people that he wanted to go and study favor. And two days later, gone. 
Now, was those dreams from God or not? Now, you, you, <laughs> you must know that God has put in men the idea of immortality. When you go about your day, you don't plan, I'm dying today. So there is an idea in us that repels the idea of death. That's why we don't accept it when somebody dies. Because in us, there is that thing that we should live. So when you are, you are close to your death and you still have plans, it does not mean it's from the devil. It's from, it's from genuine heart. But something went wrong. My father always say, you don't lose a game. You run out of time. I don't know if you see what I'm saying. When two teams are playing and say, this one beat the other one, the other one didn't lose. They just ran out of time. <laughs> it means if the game was more time, maybe they could have gone back. Hey, Dr. Robert likes to tell me that. He said, son, you don't lose a game. You just ran out of time. So if you can manage time, you will never lose. Hallelujah. So, so favor is a system of advantage that God has given for us to be able to do things in a lifetime. So when you have favor, you achieve things that in a short time, amen, favor will cause people to bypass their policies to help you. When you have favor, Hallelujah. Favor is when God invests his integrity in a man. Do you check what I'm saying? I say favor is when God invests his integrity in a man. And when God, when God invests his integrity in you, you can't fail. Because when you fail, God fails. Hallelujah. So, so, so I say favor is different from grace. Grace is defined as undeserved favor. Have you, did you check? Undeserved. Say it again. Undeserved. Do you hear what you are saying? Grace is undeserved favor. So favor needs to be deserved. It's only when grace comes in that it becomes undeserved. But without grace, favor is deserved. And that's where the problem is in the church. We think favor is undeserved. And because we think favor is undeserved, we don't put our acts together to win favor. We go about, you know, this thing of claim, proclaiming, proclaiming, proclaiming has made the job lazy. It's not everything you proclaim. Some stuff you do. No, no, you can't. Okay, okay, okay. Let me give you an example. That you can, you say, you, you say man, the Lord said we must not, we must not do things. He does it. Okay, okay. That is fine. I agree with you. And I'll take the same example. You are married. God said you will have a child. Go and proclaim to your child, your wife, we're going to have a child. We're going to have a child. And the child comes. It does not come like that. 
Hallelujah. Children come when you become intimate. So you can't just proclaim that one. Hallelujah. So we are in the Bible things that we do and things that we proclaim. And you need to study your scripture to know this. That favor is not something we proclaim. It's something we do about. I'm going to give you an example. If a scripture. Let's read the Bible in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 3, verse 1 to 4. And if you don't have a, the, the, the intelligence, the spiritual intelligence to define between what you need to do or what you need to proclaim, you go about missing the point sometime. Yes. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter number 3. I want us to read from this one to 4. It said, my son, do not forsake my law. The word there is Torah. And the word Torah means teachings. It said, do not forsake my teachings or my instructions. But let your heart keep my commandments. And the word commandment also is teaching. Let's go. For length of days and long life and peace there will add to your life. What is the secret of life? If you want to have long life, what do you do? Okay, it's not something you proclaim. It's something you do. Hallelujah. And, and it says, for length of days and long life and shalom, they will add to you. Let's go. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Let not mercy. So you need to understand what mercy is. Listen, you, so, you know, people, for you to be successful in the kingdom, you need to understand the concept of God. And when you understand the concept of God, you need to apply and do what you have to do in order to make it relevant to your life. Okay? It said, let mercy and truth not forsake you. Bind them around your, your, your neck. So they are jewelries. These are Jews. Listen, when, when you buy a necklace, why do you call it a necklace? You put it on your neck. You see, women wear those uh, nice jewelries. They put it on the neck. Now some put it on the foot. It's fine. But in our days, when I was born in those days, you don't put it on your foot. You put it on your neck. And the Bible was written in those days. Not in the days of the foot, in the days of the neck. So we have swapped everything around. What should be on the neck goes on the foot. What should be on the foot goes on the neck. Or goes on the nose. What should be on the ear goes on the nose. Thank you. Confusion has set in. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the Tablet of your heart, in the center of your being, the core of your being. Write them, engrave them. Let them be a recommendation from your spirit to your soul. Oh, I don't know if you check what I'm saying. I say let it be a recommendation from your spirit to your soul, not a suggestion. So we are not, your spirit shouldn't suggest to you 
to do it. He should command your soul to do it. Let's go on. And so, find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and men. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He said, when you do all this, you will find favor. So if you don't do all this, there is no favor. Say, help me, Lord. Say, Lord, help us. Now, let's go back to verse 1. I want to take it verse by verse. Let's, let's go back to verse 1. Uh, Proverbs 3. Let's start with verse. My son. Say, my son. He's not talking to babes. He's talking to a somebody that, um, that is matured in the spirit. Somebody that understands sonship and inheritance. Because sonship deals with inheritance. Inheritance is the property of sons. If you give inheritance to a child, you will waste it. That's why in this world there is a system that allows children to wait until mature, maturity before they, they hand over inheritance to them. So if they are too young, there, there is a guardian, there is a system that protects them, uh, that look after the estate until that person is grown up. So he said, my son. So this morning, I'm not addressing you as spiritual babies. If you are a spiritual baby, this, you are in the wrong place. You must go to Sunday school. We start there. Sunday school does not mean children. That's what we Sunday school is a place of discipleship. Sunday school, who told you that Sunday school is for children? We call it even uh, keeping children. No, we disciple them. So actually, in the service, sometimes we do Sunday school. We call it the school of the spirit. So he said, my son, do not forsake my law. Do not forget. Do not walk away from my Torah. Do not walk away from my instruction. So when God says something in the word, you, you need to apply it. Hey, the word of God is there to be applied. And the, the, the problem that we have with this lost generation is that they want the fruit without planting the seed. Everybody wants to eat from the tree, but no one has gone through a process of planting. Can I submit to you that if Adam and Eve have planted the tree, they wouldn't eat the fruit? Because when you know the seed, you know what you can eat and what you can't eat. Hallelujah. But when we're not involved in the planting season, you might eat something that you shouldn't eat. So God is involving you here. He said... Do not forsake my instruction. So, 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 so God has given us many instructions in the word. And we are not doing them. We're not doing it. The law of faith is not applied. When we apply, we apply it wrongly. The law of love is not applied. When we apply it, we apply it wrongly. He said, do not forsake them. And he said, 
but let your heart keep my commandment. So God is saying, let your spirit retain what I say. You know, in man, there is free, man is free, three dimension. So man is spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. So the spirit of a man is the part of a man that is involved with God daily. Now, the soul of man is not necessarily involved with God, but the soul gets the information and transfers the information to the body. So the, the soul is a bridge between the spirit and the body. He said, let my instruction, let your spirit, your heart, retain my instruction because your spirit is the one that gives instruction to your soul. And your soul gives instruction to your body. It's a course that we do in the Bible school. So when we fell into sin, our body took the upper hands. And our body started to govern our soul. That's what we call flesh. Hallelujah. But God is saying, when you are a son, it's your spirit. I say, when you are a son, you function from the dimension of the spirit. You are not a soulish person anymore. You are not reacting according to emotion anymore. You know, we are emotional beings and we are spiritual beings. An emotional person is the one that reacts to everything that offends him. My Bible says that wisdom is the one that causes us to overlook an offense. So if you can't overlook an offense, the Bible says you are not wise. Hallelujah. So he said, let your spirit say, I need to function from my spirit. I'm not even talking about the Holy Spirit now. Eh? Don't, don't, don't miss me. I'm, not talking, I'm talking about the spirit, the sanctified spirit of a man. Because the Holy Ghost communicates to your sanctified spirit. Romans 8 tells us, the spirit testifies to our spirit that we are children of God. Take none of God. So, so he said, my son, function from the place of the spirit. Don't function from the place of the soul. Because the, the soul, many times, is too interacting with the body so much that it gets the hurt that the body gets. So if you function from your soul, you will be a Christian that is up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, many times when you say you want to pray and you can't pray, the decision is taken from the, from the soul. Not from the spirit. So because it's from your soul, everything that hits you affects your decisions. Have you seen people that make a strong decision and then when trouble comes, they don't know what to do. And they, 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 they go like this. They, 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 they think it, it's normal that way. It's not normal. It means that you are functioning from your soul. And you say, my son, let the word Keep the word in your heart. Keep it in your spirit. Hallelujah. Say, keep the word in your spirit. You say, how do I do that? How do I do that? How do I? It's through meditation. You see, if you don't meditate on the word of God, it will not get to your spirit. Hallelujah. I told you that it's easy to meditate. The way you worry, you do the same. Because when you worry, you think of that thing. You can't sleep. When you wake up, it's in your mind. Do that with the word of God. 
Let the word of God be before you every day. It means that let the word of God be the substance on which you think. Let it be the, the, source, the, the source of your thought. Let the spirit of the Lord be so real to you that when you think, you think rather of the word, not of your circumstances. So your circumstances are challenging the word and when you don't know it, you buy into your circumstances and you lose the word. I told you that Satan is not afraid of the word. No, Satan is not afraid of the word of God. If anyone tells you Satan is afraid of the word of God, say you are a liar. I explained to you in Matthew 13, the Bible says when the seed is sown and fall by the wayside, the bird come and eat it. And he said the, word, the seed is the word. The bird is the evil one. So he said when the word is not at the place where it's supposed to be, Satan has the ability to take it away. Satan went to Jesus. The word became flesh. Satan went to that word and spoke to him. What Satan is afraid of is the word of God in a believing heart. He's not afraid of the word. He's afraid of the word in a believing heart. So when the word of God comes in a heart that believes, it can repel Satan. So you can't say Satan go and he will go because you say it. You say Satan go, it goes because it comes from a heart that is full of faith. So when the, the heart is full of the word, when you say go, it goes. Let's go quickly. Uh, verse 2. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. So God is saying, if you want to live long, this is a secret. He said, for length of days, length of days, length of days. Now, I know there are many explanations, that I, but I want to give you one here. Length of days, length of days, it can be the same as, as long life. But I understand it a bit slightly different. Because... I believe that the 24 hours in the day, sometimes we go through it and we achieve little. Eh? If we have to do a summary of what you did in the day, the right thing were little, the wrong thing were big. Hallelujah. The amount of time we spent on the phone or on talking to people or, or thinking of our businesses, which is good, and we should do that. But that time, if you compare it to the time that you spent in the presence, wow. But length of days means that God will give you the ability to utilize your day in a fruitful way. Hallelujah. Because there is a, 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 a key that must, a wisdom that must come to you so that you can utilize your day in a meaningful and fruitful way. And that comes from the knowledge of the spirit. Sometimes I said, we waste more time in our lifetime than anything else. Somebody will live for 70 years. If you have to calculate the, 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 the benefit or the thing that he did in life that were successful, maybe he slept 30 years. Yeah. Because on the 24 hours, he spent every day 10 hours sleeping. Then... He spent four hours on the cell phone. It's 14 hours already. Then he spent six hours in his business. It's 20 hours. And the four hours remaining, he does not even pray. He's talking to friends. And he prays for an hour. 
So on the 24 hours, he used one hour to grow his spirit. So, so in a day, he used one hour. So if you calculate his whole life, you realize the man lived 70 years, but he spent only two years praying. But he's going to eternity with God for 24 hours. If you don't turn your spirit now, how will you cope? That's why some people say, heaven will be boring. Have you heard people saying that? Heaven will be boring. It will be just songs. You have a misunderstanding of what heaven is. It's different from that. So, so, so when you train your spirit, hallelujah, when you train your spirit, it gives you length of days and long life. You don't just proclaim, I will live long. No, you do what causes you to live long. Because the word of God has the life of God in it. And when you have a word of God in your spirit, length of years are in the word of God. So if you want to live long, stop worrying. Because worry will cut short your life. Stress, anxiety, all these are killers. But if you have the word of God, you just say, do not worry. Why do not worry? He said, because your heavenly father knows. So the reason why you're not worrying is not because you are strong in your mind, but because you know that father has you in his hand. So if you know that Father has you in, your, in his hand, what is your point of worrying? Worry is a statement that you don't believe God. Yes. When you worry, it's a lack of belief in God. And when you worry, it's a strong belief in the abilities of the devil. Hallelujah. Do not worry. Say to your neighbor, do not worry. But the reason why you will not worry is because the word of God is in your life. If you don't plant the seed of the word of God and you don't follow what the word of God does, I promise you, you will worry. You can say 10 times, I will not worry, you will still worry. It's not, it's not in the saying. It's in the action of believing in your, from your spirit. And from the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Some people speak, but their heart is not as full of it. So they speak something that the heart said to them. When you are speaking, your heart says, it will not happen. And you are still speaking, and your heart says, it will not happen. And when it does not happen, you say, I knew it. I was doubting. I, you were not doubting. Your heart was empty of the word. So when there is emptiness of the word, something else speaks. And what speaks is the emptiness and the lack of knowledge of the word that is speaking. So it convinces you that you, it will not happen. You know, we, we were talking with my wife, and last night she said, we must pray because the forecast says that there will be rain until mid, uh, midday today. And she said, you know what? It's too wet. When we come to church, we rain. We must pray. Then we didn't pray. But I was lying in the bed. I said, Lord, Elisha said it will not rain. So I said, clear the sky and let us meet. And then later on it can rain. We are fine with rain. But give us the time. Hallelujah. We were worrying about our pets. They said, give us a time so that our pet can be dry. <laughs> eh? so, 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 so what I'm trying to tell you is that if your heart is full of the word of God, even your thought speaks to heaven. You don't sometimes need even to bow and pray. The groaning of your spirit will activate something in heaven because your heart is full of the word of God. Hallelujah. Can, can we get an amen? 
Let's continue. Let's continue. We don't have enough time. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Now, I will talk about mercy later on. Truth forsake you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father except for me. And, 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 and one of my friends gave us here the difference between truth and fact. Hallelujah. And he said, do not let the truth. The truth is the intention of God in a situation. That's what we call the truth. So the truth is God's intention in the situation. Can you catch it? So, so when the Bible says that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. So what is the intention of God in a situation? Is that when I'm going through a sickness, I'm already healed. That is intention. And that's what we call the truth. So when I know God's intention about a matter, I know the truth. And he said, do not let that forsake you. He didn't say, do not let the fact forsake you. He said, do not let truth forsake you. So, so the truth is, I am blessed. The fact is, I'm struggling. But I hold on the truth. If the truth does not forsake you, you will get length of life. When you become factual, you reduce the length of your life. But when you become truthful, when the truth is in your life, you go with speed into destiny. Somebody say favor. Let's continue. I don't have time to speak a lot. He said, then bound them around your neck. The neck is a place of beauty. So why the neck? Because when people see you, especially for ladies that are putting jewelries on their neck. When we see you, you attack us. Now, the problem is that, is that according, I'm not a woman, but I know a bit, but according to the place you want people to look at, you enhance that place. Yes. So, when you are talking to people, if your face is not good looking, don't put the emphasis on makeup on you. <laughs> because you will attract us to look what you don't want us to look. But if you have like a gold diamond here, we don't see your face. We are looking at the gold diamond. Isn't this so true? Have you realized that sometimes you meet somebody, ladies meet in the, in the, in the, in, in the, we'll go to a, 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 a let's say, a, a party. They come back, they say, did you see the ring of that person? It means they didn't see the face, they were looking at the ring. So the ring diverts their attention. So he said, put it as a necklace. So it means when Satan comes to you, he's focusing on what is on your neck. And what is on your neck is a word. So it will be repelled because he's looking at the wrong. So when I know I'm weak in the area, I beautify myself with the word of God. So that when Satan comes, he does not focus on my weaknesses. But in the area where the word of God is, that's where God speaks. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. You know with makeup, you can make your eyes big or small. I know that. I know that. You can have a small eye, but with your makeup, it appears big. Or you can have big eyes, but with your makeup, it appears small. Because you, you do it in a way that it... 
Aleluia. So, so ladies, we know. Hallelujah. We know what we should know. <laughs> My father was saying something. He said, don't choose your wife on the day of a wedding. I said, why? Well, he said, we are all beautiful. <laughs> you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he said, beautify yourself with the word of God. When you are weak, you are strong. You know what it means? It means the word of God becomes your strength, not your own strength anymore. So you can be weak in yourself, but you are strong in the word because the word of God is with you. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Let's continue. Let's continue. Let me run up. Let's continue quickly. Write them on the tablet of your heart. It means that make them as a code. Let them them be a written edit in your heart. Let, Let your heart be like a book where you write the word of God. Hallelujah. And then the command will come from your spirit, like I said, not from your soul. Write them. Write them. Be a scribe of a word in your heart. Write them down. Let your heart be the open book. So that when the enemy comes, you don't need to run from the, to the Bible. Your heart is already the Bible. So the word of God pops up from your spirit. Doesn't matter the situation in which you are. People are under pressure and they swear. And they say, I don't know where this comes from. I say, no, it came from your heart. When you are full of something, when you are under pressure, it's that thing that comes out. So if when you are under pressure, swearing word comes out, I promise you the word is not full in your heart. That's when I can promise you. It means that something is not regenerated yet. The old mind is still there. And where do you learn those swear words? It's when you are not saved. So it's still there. Hallelujah. Let's go on. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Find favor and high esteem. Find favor. You find favor with God when you apply his word. You find favor. And he said, in the sight of God and men. Let me submit to you, and I want to finish here, and next week I will carry on. Can I submit to you that you need favor with men? Not just with God. Yes, some people say, no, I don't need people, I need God. You are fooling yourself. Because you are here on earth with people. So you need favor with God and with men. The word of God in your spirit will activate favor with God and with men. Let me give you an example. That somebody does not like you. Yet he does not know why he's moved to bless you. You know why? Because you have found favor in his sight even when he does not know. Amen? Cobus, you testify about your car. You know what happened? You find favor with God and with that man. If you didn't find favor with that man, he wouldn't trade your car. Even if your name is Cobus, he would not do it. Because you work with a man in a way that you touch his heart. So when you touch the heart of people, you find favor with them. Even in your marriage, you need favor with one another. If you don't know how to work with the other person, you block the flow of grace in the marriage. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Yes. Somebody say yes. Say, I need favor. With God and with men. I taught the student from the Bible school this way. I say, whenever you pray, say, Father, give me favor with you and with men. Jesus himself, the Bible says, Jesus grew in, 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 in grace and favor with God and with men. So who are you to think you don't need favor with men? And when you walk according to God, you always find, they say, high esteem. High esteem. You know, also, from your connection, you can find favor. Come on. I say from your own connection, you can find favor. If somebody comes here and uh, is a child of a man that is wealthy or a woman that is wealthy, automatically you want to draw close to that person because you know if you can find favor there, it will activate a door. Hallelujah. You know, who you work with can provoke favor or can repel favor. The Bible says that do not hang around with bad companies. Do you know why? Because when you are with bad companies, not only it corrupts you, but also you repel favor from your life. Because when you come, they associate you with this group of people. And people don't want to help you because your friends are not good. They will say, if we help this person, it will mess up the culture that we have here because we know his friend. The friend of a thief cannot be trusted, even if he's not a thief. When we know that your best friend is a ham robber, then it casts suspicion over you. So when we come, we don't know if you have come to prepare the way for your friend or you have come in honesty. So that's why the first thing you find is favor with God. God becomes your best friend. And that will cause men to have favor with you. Or you having favor with men. Hallelujah. So you need to activate the doors of favor. Say activation of the doors of favor. You know what? God is so good. I say God is so good. I say God is so good. God is so good that we can go home and know that God has granted me grace for my own destiny. Now, many people have a misconception of God is sitting in heaven and say, okay, your destiny, I'll move you here, I'll move you there, then you enter your destiny. That's why many people are failing and the church is frustrated because it's the wrong teaching. You are a co-worker with God. You are a participator in divine destiny. The Apostle Paul Peter said it that way. He said we participate in the divine nature. He said you are God's workmanship created in Christ to do the good works that he has already prepared in advance for you. So whatever God promised you, he expects you to be a co-worker with him so that it can come here on earth. So if God says that I will bless you, what you need to know is to get wisdom to activate the blessing here on earth. Hallelujah. You, get, you need wisdom to activate the blessing. So when you want to succeed in life, you need to study, Lord, how do I win favor with you? 
That's what I do. Lord, how do I get favor with you? Favor comes because you do what God wants you to do. You see, when you do what God wants you to do, he's able to activate from the east, the west, the south, the north people to come in order to help you. A lazy man does not see poverty coming. It falls upon him. Hallelujah. So, if you are not going to invest time in prayer, if you are not going to invest time in, uh, in, in, in interacting with the Holy Spirit, forget about favor. We can proclaim it 10,000 times. It will not happen to you. I'm telling you now. Don't go home and say, he told us we have favor and now we are struggling. No, I'm telling you how to activate favor that is already given. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I told you I want to finish. I told you about my story where I failed an exam and the government took a decree. Hi. Nah. The government <laughs> took a decree and overturned the results. You know what? Because I was there. But I studied. I did overnight study. And when I failed, I said, Lord, it's not possible. I'm a co-worker. I've done it. I've done it. And you told me I will succeed. Why do I fail? And God touched the heart of the president of the country. And he said, we need to remark the copies because there are some students that were supposed to pass and they failed. How come? And they went and they remarked it and I was among those who passed. Favor! I found favor with government because I studied also. I didn't just proclaim, I have favor, I have favor, I have favor. No, we're lazy. Say, I refuse to be lazy. Hallelujah. So even, even, even this, this sickness, this corona that is going, you are protected, but you need to apply wisdom. When we tell you do communion, don't say, oh, the blood is already upon me. You do communion because I can tell you something about communion. You know, if you want to find the antibody in somebody, you draw a blood sample. And you study the blood, you will see antibodies of somebody that is, if you have been infected with corona, in that time, when they draw your blood, they will see antibodies after you are healed. Hallelujah. Do you know that when we have communion, we are injecting the blood of Jesus in us? But what, is the, what are the antibodies in the blood of Jesus? It's called eternal life. So when we have communion, we are, we are activating a system of eternal life in our life so that mortality is swallowed up with immortality. So we drink, we drink communion in the knowledge that this is the blood of a lamb. It's like you infuse the blood in you. you. You take the blood in you and you stand strong because the blood of the Lord protects you. Take communion in that knowledge. Hey! Say, I'm having communion. I'm praying that the Lord may bless you. I want the worship team to come. Ha ha. Hallelujah. That's a, that, this is a drive-thru I just did with you in this service. You just need to go home and need to reflect on this. Please, go and listen to this again. Because there are many things here you think you heard, but you didn't. I'm appealing to you. Be a student of the Bible. Sometimes we are lazy. We say, oh, I know that preaching. You don't know that the word is spirit and life. It's not just the word I say. It's the spirit in which I say it. So when you start to listen to it again, there is an impartation of spirit that goes from your screen to you. And when you drink the blood, you win health. You win favor. 
when you have communion, you are winning favor at the table with the Lord. Just go on. So let's stand up before we do the offering. Woo! Somebody say glory. Say glory. Woo! Hallelujah, 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 glory.